0: 130 to 122, your Raptors lose to the Milwaukee Bucks, who were not playing Giannis Antetokounmpo. That is tough. And so before I intro the podcast, let me just say, the Bucks heading into this game had the 24th ranked offense in the NBA and 24th in the half court. So not, not moving the needle much in transition. Anyway, they are better on offense with Giannis on the floor. I checked the numbers. I ran the numbers on this. And without Giannis, they put 130 points on the heads of the Raptors. The defense has been and is in a very bad place. One in five games, they have like an above average game where, you know, against some good offenses this season, they've had good performances. But here's the thing. Defense, famously, is what travels on the road, right? It's what coaches, it's what pundits, it's what analysts, everybody has talked about ad nauseum for many years. The Raptors are not a traveling defense. They're not a stay-at-home defense. They're not a consistent defense. And if a defense, sure, every once in a while can lock up a really impressive team, force heaps of turnovers, get out and run and do that kind of thing, that's great for that game. But this is not a consistent defense. And for a while now, this defense has been quite poor. Uh, last year, they had a, about a month where they had a really, really bad stretch. But things, they came back around quite swiftly. The Raptors have been, you know, we're we're coming around on, it's been nearly two months, and uh, it's been not good. And And they haven't been able to win a lot of games in spite of the defense either. So there's just not a lot going right currently. And sure, they beat the Knicks. That was a fun game a lot of fun stuff happened Scotty Barnes in the garden yeah Pascal in the garden 3 weeks before that great but this is a team that's just not winning games and it's it's the defense that fails them and it's the offense that fails them they are not above average really at anything except for forcing turnovers and you have to consider what is the calculus what is the how are you weighing these things as far as importance the roster construction that allows for this style of play or maybe not even allows, um, incentivizes heavily that you play this way because you you can't play traditionally. You can't play a lot of other forms of defense or styles because your roster construction is quite limited. And whether or not the coaching staff and the success of the past with different types of rosters uh, forced the Raptors or made them believe to buy into this. Who knows? But it didn't work out tonight. <laughs> And and hasn't worked out very often. This is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk. And it is brought to you by Goldfinger Law. And hey, go with Goldfinger Law. You know why? Because when you go with them, you only pay if you win. And why is that good news? Why is it good to only pay if you win? I think that seems rather obvious, you know? If you lose, you don't have to pay. That's a great thing. If you wanna <laughs> make up with them, do so at 416-730-1777. Okay, so 130 to 122. Some good stuff that happened in this game. Fred Van Vliet, the jump shot was going. Okay, that's that's a big deal. He goes 6 of 12 from 3. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. goes 4 of 9 from 3. 10 of 19 from the 4 for Gary. And 15 of 28 from the 4 for Fred. 39 for Fred. 28 for Gary. These are the points. Pretty Pretty good offensive performance as far as that goes. Pascal a quiet night where he was mostly a reactive player um, early on in the game. Sure. Like he had Bobby Portis on him. The team was sinking on a lot of actions and the Raptors weren't finding a ton of success with the, you know, put Scotty in the dribble handoff hub, get it side to side. It wasn't working out that well. So, you know, Pascal went to work, hit a couple shots, but that, that went well. He he started off hot. He had like eight points in four minutes or something like that. He finishes with 23 on 13, uh, 13 shots he went six of 11 from the line though that is unacceptable and he would he would say the same thing uh but the assists were lower tonight because this was mostly this was fred's game and the raptors scored the ball well and this was his game on one end but also wasn't his game on the other end right drew holiday 37 points in this one grayson allen 25 points in this one brook brook with 19 as well it was a battle of the backcourts and while holiday was guarding up a lot uh in this game he also spent some time on fred Uh, neither backcourt had a lot of success guarding the other and when you look at who won the minutes i mean holiday is a plus 22 fred is a minus 23 you know pascal is also minus 17 the raptors they they had good bench minutes as far as i'm concerned uh mostly from from precious situa as far as chris chris boucher i think the compete level was good offensively he tried to get after it but he missed those bunnies at the rim, the taps. He finished with zero points. Wancho, two points, you know, mostly nonplussed with that performance. But the Raptors not really going to the bench. Nick Nurse not opting to use much of his bench in this game. And once again, we have Pascal over 40 minutes. Gary Trent Jr. plays 43, right? Fred is at 37. Scotty is nearly at 37. OG plays 35. This is a team that went as hard as they possibly could as far as time on the court once again and they lost to a mediocre team you you can't call the Bucks anything but that when they don't have Giannis on the court and that's them's the breaks that's how this that's how this league works and you know at least the Bucks still had I think their they had their identity they had a way they wanted to play and I think the Raptors offensively did a really good job of working around the Bucks defense Honestly, the Bucs did the same thing they did last time, only they had Bobby Portis in the starting lineup instead of Giannis, right? And and that's a sizable difference. Pat Connaughton and Grayson Allen are not big-time defenders or anything like that. There were holes, gaps for the Raptors to attack. They found them. They shot better in this game, too. If you're looking for silver linings, perhaps that's the one. If you're looking for, you know, the incoming tank. If it isn't coming and you're looking at certain players playing better trade value or something like that, maybe that's your silver lining. Or maybe your silver lining is that these players won't be traded and finally they're on the right track offensively. Maybe they find their way defensively too. Who knows? It's, it's your journey. You do as you please. But the Raptors, they couldn't guard anything tonight, which is a real shame because the Bucks are not a talented offensive team uh, giving up, how many points is that? 62? You know, like, uh, damn, sixty-two points to Grayson Allen and Drew Holiday is just absurd. And also, man, Joe Ingles coming off the bench, right, playing thirty-one minutes, he just had a ball against Raptors. He only took five shots, but he scored fifteen points. He had six boards and he had eight assists, and he completely undid them. This is one of those things where the Raptors, the rotation they're eager to put themselves into, right, Um, can be a bit predictable, and for a while. They had this defense that had a big man in the middle and they still played high turnover basketball. You can, you can look this up by the way. It's true with Marcus on this team. It wasn't six, nine dependent. Don't let anybody fool you with Kyle Lowry on this team with Marcus Saul on this team with Serge Ibaka on this team, this team turned teams over more than the team last year turned teams over more than most teams ever do but also had a big man in the middle. It wasn't necessarily neat. It wasn't that having a guy switch out and not be able to bang around with a guy like Brooke Lopez is what makes a team, you know, switchable and versatile and diverse. And it means they can get a lot of turnovers. no, Sometimes good defense causes turnovers. Sometimes a big guy in the middle to dissuade shots. We saw some of the Raptors' turnovers tonight. Brooke Lopez's presence on the court. You could even see this with Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, whatever, right? These guys seeing Brooke in the middle of the court, and there were seven turnovers between the two of them, seeing Brooke in the middle of the court forces them into really tough decisions where the, the guards, the wings on the outside, they get to be a little bit more aggressive because there is a backstop there. And while not every center is going to be defensive player of the year, Brook Lopez, not every center is going to be Marcus All. I think there's something to say for the Raptors abandoning that position for a few years now. It's very tough, and it's tough to overcome. And Precious Achu, I think, does a pretty damn good job, but he's more talented at some things than Brooke and, and, and uh, Marcus Gasol. But he's also, he's just not as big. He's not going to be as affecting in some of the more conservative ways that those guys are. And the Raptors, they, they punted on that position. And their, their point of attack defense at this point in time is, is bad. Their rotations to the ball uh, have gotten worse. They've gotten slower. They're coming later. They're coming less often. And uh, this was, you could, the, the quick example is off the start of the game when Grayson Allen gets a dunk. It's Pascal Siakam doesn't rotate all the way over. He shows and Grayson Allen dribbles through that show and showing on defense can be good. It can be bad, but it seemed like he thought somebody was there behind him, but it was Fred. Fred is not really supposed to be the low man and uh, that's not ideal. So whether or not, I guess, Pascal thought Fred was the low man, whether or not Pascal Siakam was okay with Fred as the low man, whether or not he thought somebody else, I don't know. It's a lack of awareness. And this isn't to say that Pascal is crumbling the defense over and over, but it's an example of this team just not having that security blanket there for when those types of things happen. If that happens on the other end, you still got to get over a mountain. Splash mountain, that is. Who got kicked out of this game, by the way? Let's talk about that. Okay. He, he and Gary Trent Jr. matched up on the, on the Raptors offensive end. There's some boxing out going on. Brookie grabs him. Pulls him close. And he's pretty crazy to see a situation like this between two guys like that, where one guy doesn't get a tech. Gary avoided a tech. Incredible. He brings him close, wraps him up. Gary, he's cool, calm, collected fella. I know I've never really seen him get out of get out of pocket emotionally or anything like that. You know, outside of the press room, press room, off the court, on the court. Just seems like a chill guy all the time. And that bears out in this interaction. Brooke carries him off the court, basically. Walks him off the court. Has him locked in in his arms. Rips his headband off, which I think pretty weird. Now, as somebody who's talked about this before, Gary, very handsome man. He does. The one weakness is his hairline is receding. He goes for headbands. You know, some, some guys do that. I'm wearing a hat right now. I You know, I, but I, I shave my head bald, right? <laughs> Most people have seen that. You know, you're you're fighting the hairline as a man in this world. And Brooke, to take that off in a lot of gyms in the world, you take up you take off another man's headgear. You could you could get some action. That's that's what I will say. And Gary didn't even respond. And I would suspect that taking off the headband is why Brooke got ejected. Otherwise, it would have been just the the one tech. But you take off the headband. That's like nefarious um, anyway OG comes in he's stepping in for Gary you know Adrian Griffin comes in there's a hubbub there's all the kind of stuff anyway texts get thrown around Brooke gets thrown out of the game uh, Gary is still in avoided any any type of uh, punishment so good for him and then the Raptors this was late in the game they start making a charge to the rim which is obviously more available now with Brooke Lopez the lumbering giant out of the paint and who is hitting threes late too. And the Raptors, they try to stage a comeback. And they just can't. They, uh, they couldn't get stops. You have to get stops late. They allowed Drew Holiday to continue to get downhill, get to his spots for layups, for pop shots, for a three, right? I think he put Pascal on skates. Uh, he also created looks for others. It's just they couldn't do it. And they didn't hit free throws either. You just can't do enough of any one thing or enough of any four things. You know, you could have your hand in a bunch of different cookie jars. You just got to grab enough cookies on your way out. The Raptors are like everywhere, like, give me some of that, give me some of that, give me some of that. They leave, they go to leave the room, they got like two cookies. You know, it's nuts. Scotty Barnes, I'd like to talk about, not a huge scoring game, but 14 points, 13 boards, (laughs) Boyds, boards, five assists, three steals. Pretty impressed with the overall four game. It's not the, you know, everybody loved that 19 point outburst in the fourth quarter in overtime. You can't do that every time. Barn uh Brooke Lopez was better, well, more well equipped to deal with Barnes' type of attacking style in this one. Barnes had to adjust to that, contribute in other ways, and 14-13-5-3. I think a guy like me, I'm perfectly fine with that. I'm I'm really proud of Scotty. He didn't have a good shooting performance in this game, but he had a very tough matchup on both sides of the floor. And while he wasn't necessarily saving the Raptors' defense and, and couldn't possibly be, I think it's still important to note that, yes, this is a guy who had a very tough matchup and still found his way to impact of sorts. And you could say the same thing for Precious Achua as well. Um, OG Ananobi, this is something I mentioned after the last game. It's something I've been talking about for a little while, is that, you know, he goes, what's he shoot? Two of 13 in this game. You've noticed, many people have noticed, I'm sure, that he's getting a little bit less of the ball than he used to be. He's also doing a little bit less with the ball than he used to be. The the forays into his own shot. Yeah, he he had some like three dribble, you know, bully drive, go to the fader, air ball a hook shot, miss a fade. You know, he he had some of those possessions in this game. But um it's uh it's it's a little bit more ineffective than it was and it's a little bit less often this seems okay for the raptors offense but og looks i would say more disengaged than he has at other parts of the season or at at all with the raptors right over his tenure his career and and offensively there's I, i feel like it's leaking onto the other side a little bit a little bit more malaise defensively over this last stretch and that's tough this is this is one of the best defenders in the league. Certainly, uh, I don't. I wouldn't ever suggest somebody relitigate that. OG, when he's on, and he's on a lot of the time, is just so affecting and impacting as a defender. But in this game, very tough performance, and uh, it's tough. There's a lot of good offensive performances in this game, but I don't know if you can find like a defensive one that you're really happy with. Precious Etuwa. More than anybody probably impressed me defensively. Juancho Hernan Gomez continues to be good uh, as far as positionally defensively. But as far as someone actually like being, hey, you were great on defense today. I don't don't expect anybody will will want to hear that. I don't expect anybody will after the Raptors leave this one and go watch film or whatever they decide to do, right? Maybe just take a day off. Like consider what might be happening in the future. (laughs) I don't know. The team is in a tough spot. And I've talked about this before, but they may, over these years, may have been asked to do too much. You cannot rally the troops. Because here's the thing, right? The Raptors against these Bucks, you're asking guys to guard up against Brook Lopez. That's not an easy thing. But it's not only that, it's that every game, guys are guarding up. It's that every game, You look at the miles traveled. The Raptors cover a lot of ground. Everybody. They switch a lot. They sprint a lot. They cover ground. They beat the hell out of themselves. And and then they they play a lot of minutes doing it. How do you sustain that over multiple years? And especially, how do you continue to engender a buy-in when you're not getting results? And especially when the Raptors feel like, you know, they stop it. There's like a two-game, three-game losing streak. They halt it. They're like, okay, let's flip it around. And they can't do it. Even New York, they win. Gritty win. They get there. Come in tonight. No, Giannis, you have to lock this one up. You even get broke out late, right? You have to lock this one up. You don't. The only time they ever put together a meaningful win streak and three games is not super meaningful. It just barely qualifies was when they had the Charlotte Hornets, who are, I I believe, one of the three worst teams in the NBA in back to back games in their house. This team. May not be very good, and that's that's the tough part about it, that that just might be the case. This team may not be very good. Reggie Evans Award. Goes to Scotty Barnes. Love the hustle. Love to compete in this game. Um, he's he's had uh, <laughs> he's had a very very good um, recent stretch. Really proud of him for it. Top cooker reaction comment is from Vision Six Blind. Quote: That was the best. <laughs> that was the best game Mike James has played in fifteen years. Okay, so uh, this um, this is about Fred. I don't think the offense, I honestly, I don't have much of a frame of reference to be talking about Mike James' defense. I, I can glean from watching old games, from being a kid, that Mike James didn't pass that often, that he wasn't a good creator. Um, but uh, I, I, I don't necessarily think that this was a selfish, selfish game from Fred. There were some possessions where it's like, damn, in transition, a couple in the half court, we were like, wow. Maybe a pass would have done well. But the guy shot 15 for 28. The Raptors had a really good offensive game, and they typically figured out how to score on that end. The problem was the defense. And and I understand why everybody hyper-focuses on Fred like every game. And we all know what the conversation has been. We all know what a large swath of the fan base feels should happen with Fred. And uh, the thing about that is that it's being discussed. These are things that are being discussed at the top levels of different uh, owner <laughs> uh, GMs in the NBA. This is being discussed by many people. Fred is being talked about. For the people who want him traded, it may happen. For the people who don't want him traded, that, that also may happen. These things, it's it's tough though. He, he's polarized now. He, he's the hot button topic with the Raptors and there there's not much middle ground or, or nuance in discussing Fred's game and uh, I'm not saying this is what you're doing vision six blind it's just we're talking about Fred here um, and the Raptors you know they, they're bad they're not playing to some people they're playing to their level to some people they're not playing to their level but at the end of it all they're just not. They're not a good team in the NBA right now. They're not even in a playoff position, right? They're not even in a play-in position, and uh, they have at the very least, like I think, top seven odds for uh, the number one draft pick this season. It's of note. Who knows what happens with Fred? Mike James joke is pretty funny. <laughs> anyway, thanks for thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hey, if you didn't watch this on YouTube, uh, thanks for tuning in. Like the video. Subscribe. Most importantly, go to RaptorsRepublic.com and subscribe for all my written work, all of Lewis's written work, all the good stuff over there. The draft written work that, you know, is going to be of note as we approach <laughs> the draft uh, with the team that's not doing so hot. And uh, yeah, if you're listening on the podcast channel, uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for chopping it up with me. And I'll see ya. whether you got into this in the morning or at night. Have a blessed day and goodbye.